Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. All right, welcome everybody. Portland, NH, no, excuse me, Homebrew Con 2018. Thank you all for joining us here live in the convention space. I just rolled in like, I don't know, half an hour ago. So I'm still on coffee for the morning. I haven't had any beer yet, and I'm actually very disappointed in myself and I think in my team around me for not pouring let's, beer. Let's get you a beer me. here. Or <laughs> any like, uh, tiki drinks with umbrellas in them. I'm ready, Nothing? dude. I am so ready to go get some tiki drinks. Tiki drinks and rainier beer, that's what I'm here for. Uh, this is just ancillary, but that's, you know, that's just me. Um, before we get to the beers, everybody, I do want to thank, of course, our sponsor, Five Star, Five Star Chemicals, the only way to clean and sanitize. They will have P- uh, PBW, they do Star Sand, they do so much more than that. Check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Uh, they're good folks. They they sponsor this show. I think they've been from the from the jump. Check and, them out uh, here too. We love the them conference. very much. They are here, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. I haven't like I've, I just this whole right huge. here. Like, there's so much stuff here. It's great. This it year. really is, man. And you, you, what's cool is there's a lot of things I've never heard of. Yeah. And so to me, that seems that homebrew in general is getting larger. Or it means you've been pe- living under a rock. It could be both. Or you just, yeah, you don't homebrew at all, and you don't really know much about what's going on in no, the uh, homebrew I'm, industry anymore. I'm the Patrick Star of the homebrew world. I just kind of <laughs> live under a rock at the bottom of the sea. Um, but it's pretty cool to see there's a lot of innovation coming out. There's a lot of people pushing homebrew and uh, pushing homebrewers to, to kind of push their pushers. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Can I share a, a funny story to start us off here? Uh, I doubt it, but go ahead and try. Um, well, it may not be funny. Obviously, I'm a little bit sick, and it's really, I'm having a really hard time judging today, and I'm getting a lot better. I can actually smell today the, the first thing I can do, but anyway, before I, I came over at one point, I had a, I'm staying at a residence inn, so they have like an oven and oh. a stovetop, and I, I filled up a, a, a big uh, pot of water, heated it up, and then put, my, put a towel over my head and, and put it in there, and then you know I worked out, and I came back, and it was like 2.30, and I had to be here at 3.15, yeah. and I turned on the water, and there's no water in the entire place, so I'm totally sweaty, and I call the front <laughs> desk, and I'm like, oh, the water's been shut off, sir. We knew that was coming. I'm like, you didn't tell me this? So then there's no water coming out at all. So I take that hot pot of water. It's the only water I had in the place. Put it in the bathtub and give myself like a sponge bath. It was awesome. So that's what I did before I came over. Technical term for that, the horse bath? I I don't know. (laughs) That's some Walking Dead shit right there, too. That was great. Did you and Michonne go? uh, I don't look as as bad as I could have been possibly. I could have just showed up after, you know, flying here yesterday, not... Not showering, then working out, and, but I managed to have that pot of water. If I didn't have that, I would have been, you would have been, been done. screwed. But yeah. yeah, it was awesome to have That's that. That's a lesson to everybody out there. So whoever stays in that, that hotel room next will get to use a, the pot that I actually had in the bathroom with me, you know, wiping myself down and dipping it back in again. So I'm happy. You know, they're going to they're gonna enjoy some pasta out of that. They're, uh, yeah. they're a lucky person. Pot. Yeah. This pasta is very oniony. I don't understand. <laughs> Why is it oniony? Um, of course, we have Keith here, and we have Brian. Hey. Uh, thank you for coming out, guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do the show. I dropped all my notes here, of course. And then uh, our first guest is Jeff. Now, Jeff has been on a couple of times, right? I have. This I was on the first show, yeah. The first show, and I think you've been on another time. And I then was on another time after that, yeah. <clears throat> why, why are you still here? Uh, because I really don't know how to brew. Fair. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Hopefully these guys can give me some uh, good tips or tear my beer apart. We'll see what happens. Uh, either one. I'm sure yeah. that they can do both. This is for me to drink. That is for you to drink. What is it? 
Is it just beer? It's just it is. Beer. You, you can tell me how horrible it is. Too. Uh, Jeff, you made a triple. I did. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just get right into this. Have you have you made a triple before? Is this your first time? I'm going to uh, guess not. No, you no. You look I've like the ma- tub guy who brews a lot of different shit. I, I, I brew a lot of different stuff. I've been making triple for quite a while, so I don't know if that's... Well, I hate to say that after uh, I've already seen the score sheet, so I, <laughs> I hate to say that I've been brewing it for a long time, but, but I have, in fact, um, yeah... The best is when you go, this is my favorite beer to make. I, I make this, this all is, this the time. This is the best beer I've ever made in All of my friends life. know me for this particular beer. <laughs> 14. Yeah, like, exactly. oh, shit. I need oh, to no, stop. I need maybe, to. Maybe one or more points than <laughs> He needs that. better but friends, close. maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. I tell you, I've taken a break from homebrewing a couple times after shit like that, where it's like, this is the best beer ever. I'm, I'm so ha- pr- proud of this. I enter a competition, and it's like, I, I can't even judge it because all the beer just looks, it's solid. It won't even pour out of the bottle. It's gelatinous. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Climbing. a break. Um, so what do you want to get out of this this judging here from these uh, quote unquote gentlemen? <laughs> you want tips on uh, what do you think? Is there anything wrong with it? You think? What do you what do you what do you want? So yeah, there's there's definitely some things wrong with it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we're, we're trying to get some inspiration around what uh, what kind of changes modifications to it. Okay. Um, be interesting. Keith was was talking about some of the. I got got behind the scenes earlier, so these guys were talking about the bitterness aspect. So that was one piece beyond all the other faults. So just want to get a feel for you what guys, they think about that. You guys sharing a glass there? What's going on? Oh, I, oh this was yours right here. Is that mine? Um, all right, Keith. Well, hey, why don't you? Uh, why don't you will, will tell us about Jeff's beer. So far, it just tastes like coffee to me because that's all I've been drinking. Nice, with, uh, nice. Um, you can provide some insight. So aroma wise, pear, apple, esters, light phenol, moderate alcohol. Um, I got a spicy hop aroma. Get a, a light olive oil aroma. I know Brian later has a different description for that, so we'll talk about that. Um, otherwise, sort of you know clean um, to, in the style. Uh, get low oxidation as well. I get some uh, some papery notes there. Sorry, no worries. Uh, dark gold in color, but also like a weird sort of uh, brownish greenish tinge to it, um, which is a little bit weird. Uh, I thought maybe that's due to oxidation, would be my guess on that one. Um, small head, but it did, uh, did have good retention. Um, nearly brilliantly clear um, beyond that weird, weird color to it. Oh, and Jeff uh, is handing his beer out to our live conference room audience. I appreciate well, they, they that. can't normally taste along at home. So this I is know, actually this is kind of cool. Exciting, and right? and I'm, I'm not used to having that much beer or anybody even uh, attending the live recording. So I didn't even think about it. So I appreciate that. And our Jeff. other friend Brian's there making sure everyone's getting loaded. Yeah. I wasn't even sure anybody ever listened. This is like, this is crazy. <laughs> Jeff uh, brought a lot of beer. Medium malt sweetness, uh, firm bitterness. Uh, really pretty, pretty firm for the style even. Uh, I got a light banana, some pear again, mild phenol. Um, medium, the medium high oxidation, and get some peppery, pepper, papery, even some sherry, sherryness. But you know, the the bitterest seems uh, really to jump out for the uh, the balance for the style. It's supposed to be a, a bitter style in terms, of, you know, of a Belgian style, but it jumps out pretty pretty much for me. I got a spicy sauce like hop flavor as well. Um, that was a medium, medium high. That was it was a little bit high for the style too. Um, the sweetness is a touch high as well, and uh, a fair amount of those esters that I was talking about paired, and maybe a little bit of apple. Mouthfeel, medium white body, um, medium low carbonation, too low for the style. You need to be effervescent. Um, medium warming, medium to medium high warming. Um, I said appropriate, but touch, a touch high, really. Um, overall, I thought it was a, a, a okay representation of the style. Uh, it seems a bit bitter. It seems to uh, have some oxidation issues. Um, 
the malt, yeah, it didn't really come across <laughs> as a, a, a clean, clean malt sweetness um, as I was expecting. And I think kind of the weird thing for me is that it's it's fairly bitter, um, but it's also oxidized, which is is the tr- troubling in, in in that you know if this is an older beer that was oxidized and it's still this bitter. I imagine what it was like when before it was oxidized and and it was sort of coming across. You know, hey, this is a a really bitter sort of style and a lot of a lot of uh, hop flavor there as well. So I would for for overall, you know, and once again, I'm going to apologize for being being sick here and sort of struggling through this a little bit. So some problems with esters and, and fermentation characteristics. Yeah, and how yeah, dare you? And uh, but I think the oxidation jumps out at me and and that 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 hop. Uh, so I would look at you know if it's not really old, what, what are you doing to get this oxidation? And then beyond that, in terms of uh, the hop flavor and aroma and bitterness, I would probably t- tune that down a little bit and and back off some. And and maybe some of that's water d- derived as well in terms of the mm. bitterness. Maybe you want to look at uh, softening your water somewhat for this. And we'll talk about okay. that. What you done done with the water? All right. What did you give him? Uh, I gave him a twenty six. Twenty six. Um. No, sorry, that was a twenty five. Twenty five. All right. Looked like six to me. Okay. What do I know? I, mis- I miscounted it before I was doing eight. Anyway, out there, are you guys getting the same things that uh, Keith's getting? Sort of, kind of, oxidized? Just hold your nose, pretend like you're sick, and then you can probably get the same stuff. <laughs> pretend like it smells strawberries. Yeah, um, plug your nose. All right, Brian, go ahead. Let's see if you can do better. Yeah, a little history, though. I mean, Jeff was is you know a great beer judge and, and uh, was a member, is still a member of our, our <laughs> Mad Zymergist club, but, but then he moved, so um, I'm still mad at him for that. Well, take it out of him on the score. Uh, in the beer, I've, the aroma, I got a, you know, some low spicy phenols in there, a little, little kind of peppery, uh, a moderate honey-like uh, and papery oxidation of, of the mall is evident. Uh, just, just smells kind of stale. Um, that's one thing. Are, I, sorry, that's one thing I don't, I don't remember. I need to remember more of is, is oxidation isn't necessarily just wet cardboard. Right, it's other. It, it can yeah, be the honey kind of thing too. It'll go different ways, and and a lot of times it'll start out with the honey and move on to more nasty, wet cardboard kind of yeah. things. But you know, okay. it's kind of in between. It's not not all the way to cardboard. So, yeah, not horrible there. Probably shouldn't have knocked it down as bad as badly as I did. But <laughs> I gave it a, a five on on the aroma out of twelve. Uh, the esters were kind of low too. It just wasn't very bright. I didn't like that. It wasn't. It didn't really pop. It had no kind of brightness to the to the esters that i would have liked to see in there and just a little more fruitiness uh would be nice it might be that that's getting covered up by some of the the stale malt component that's kind of interfering with that uh coming through very well but uh, i didn't get any obvious like diacetyl or acetaldehyde or anything like that um but yeah so appearance wise again yeah it was a little weird looking it had kind of a light kind of grayish amber it does look a little maybe like a amber color. like a green tint maybe like a Green tea, yeah. maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's, I mean, a weird it's color, kind of a tea like a tea like color rather uh, than a beer like color. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, low white head that, that faded moderately soon after pouring, but it can be roused. It seems like ox, uh, you'd you'd normally want a, a bigger fluffier head on that guy. Uh, but the beer is fairly clear. There's not much haze in there. It's you know an interesting looking beer. So I gave it a one. <laughs> um, New England style triple. Just for looking interesting. Otherwise, you, you can't really. Can you give a zero there? I don't know. You can do whatever uh, you want, dude. This is Oregon. Yeah, this is Dr. Humber. We, we do it our own weird way. Uh, in the flavor, the malt is rather kind of muddled tasting with the low, again, that honey like. I got some kind of dark sugar flavors in there in the, in the malt, too. It's, a, it's got a bit of sweetness. It's not super sweet, but it's. Uh, you know, just a, kind of the, the, the malt's expressing itself in this weird way that, that gives it the impression of sweetness. It might be actually 
it feels like the finish is fairly dry, but uh, it's got this odd little tinge to it, like a like a weird sugar, um, like a dark sugar kind of thing. So. Not brown sugar, but like a like a sugar in the raw. You know what I mean? I hope Jeff used like the most esoteric, weirdest. Uh, I hiked the Himalayas and bargained with a donkey to get this sugar. Yeah, that's what I hope. Maybe, that's my hope maybe. for this recipe. Yeah, uh, the alcohol is very evident in this beer. It's, it comes across a bit solventy to me, a little biting and harsh. Uh, not not extremely so, but it's 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 pretty substantial and it's it's very noticeable. And you want that to be delivered a little more smoothly and a nicely. Uh, Executed triple. Uh, I get kind of a medium floral, spicy hop in there. Um, it is fairly bitter. I, I do agree with the comments about the bitterness that, that Keith put out there. Um, yeah, there's that the the maltiness, that odd maltiness, kind of just lingers in the aftertaste for me and covers up, up some other stuff that it just kind of ah, muddles up the beer a little too much for me. Um, gave it a, a seven out of twenty on flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium-bodied. It's a bit heavy feeling, honestly, uh, for the for style. It can be medium-light to medium for the guidelines, but uh, just it feels a little heavy on the tongue. Substantial warmth in the back of the throat, and actually all the way down the back, like, you can feel that burning. Like uh, It's um, a little rough back there. The The carbonation is very low. It's... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not flat, but it's it's uh, getting towards that, and it, and it should be a lot fluffier and spritzier for sure. Um, yeah, it's not very creamy or smooth. There's a bit of astringency in there, but nothing too offensive. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, just oh, uh, I give it a two on mouthfeel out of five. Overall, it's just the oxidation of the malt compounds here is just throwing the whole the balance into a weird place. I feel like, and it's uh, on this triple. Otherwise, it seems like it could be a, could have been a pretty good recipe. Uh, but it's a beer that's either aged a bit too long or was, was handled poorly, perhaps. Um, but I would work on reducing those higher alcohols for sure because those are really popping out there. Um, you know, maybe back off the bitterness a little bit too, but that definitely needs some uh, some more carbonation. And that, you know, there was talking one of the talks here talking about how, how just the carbonation really helps to drive the flavors. And, and uh, you can take... Sure. Uh, a certain beer it was actually in the Cicerone talk. He talking about how you can take the same beer with like 2.5 volumes and boost it up to three, and it just makes it almost a completely different beer. So, you know, this is a different beer because it's on the low side. So, I give it a uh, 20 altogether. So that was a four out of 10 on overall impression. So, um, and just because I hate Jeff right now, <laughs> but no, he's 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 a good friend. He's all right. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself, Jeff? Yeah, I know. Fess up. Let's go. You don't happen to have your recipe here, do you? Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, um, that'd so, be cool. You know, you give it? So it's mostly it's mostly Pilsner malt. Uh, okay. So this is like a ten gallon batch. Uh, about thirty one pounds of Pilsner malts. Uh, about a pound of aromatic. Uh, five pounds of just straight up sugar. What, um, type, what type of sugar? Just table uh, I, sugar? Uh, Himalayan. <laughs> donkey sugar. Donkey sugar, yeah. I guess. Is, that's the best kind that's of That's the technical term get, for man. it, I guess. You can probably buy it at Cost Plus right now. Yeah, I think so. I, I walked further for it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just just straight up regular um, just sugar. Okay. Straight up regular sugar. Um, and then I used uh, Howard Tower Middle Fruit uh, for 60 minutes, about 120 grams there. So, um, yeah, more on that in a minute. And then uh, about What's a 60, gram? 60, what are you talking about grams? How many ounces is that? I, I, I don't know. I'd have to do math to figure out what the uh, ounces okay, were. I'm not fine. exactly <coughs> sure. I'll but. do it. I'll, I'll get back to you in an, in an hour. <laughs> and then uh, about 60 grams of sots at 10 minutes. Great. And then uh, just a, I think, Y East 3787, the high 
Gravity Trappist yeast, which I use a lot, actually. Okay. What's, what was the firm temp? Uh, I want to say for that I normally do about 67 for is this that, yeast. Is that too bitter, do you guys think? Is you know, n- now that we know the recipe, if you can convert I, grams, I can't into, convert grams into, ounces. into ounces, I'm not very good at that. See, either. that's just so it's, it's a code. I have, it's a I have a scale that works well enough. So, where I can so I want to say it's probably like it's probably four ounces of, of bittering. Hot. Well, I mean, it's, how okay. are we going to know? I mean, the middle fruit could be at any alpha acid. It could be at any age. It's really hard for us to, to tell that off. You know. Off so of. I can say that what I did. So I normally made it what about half? Yeah, about four and a quarter ounces. So. Um, so I, I had been making it with about half as much bittering hop and um, and aroma hop. Okay. And so this this recipe specifically, I just said, hey, I'm, I'm gonna. It's, it wasn't enough. I'm You're gonna just, bump it up. I'm just gonna double it and see what the hell happens. Yeah. Well, what That's, do you think of it? Because um, I'm assuming when you when you have it, it's higher carbonated. I guess I would hope maybe. Yeah. Not. So it, it's it, not bottle conditioned, right? No, no. Okay. It came out of the keg, and I, I was traveling. It came home, and all five taps were dead, and so. Um, I just had to throw CO2 on it real fast and get it and get it ready down. to bring here. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's totally flat and fortunate, um, which sort of a lot of times <laughs> when you're doing a score sheet and the beer's flat, it really sort of kills all the flavor and aroma. It kill, you know, it kills it across the board, even though you know, you're only at five points for, uh, for mouthfeel. It sort of kills everything else. For sure. Um, what was, so, your, what was yeah, your water like? What was the, the so water? So water is super hard. Um, so I'm, I'm dealing with, so I just moved down to uh, Santa Barbara from the Bay Area and, and sort of dealing with the fact that they've got super, super hard water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's accentuating that bitterness for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that the minerality is probably playing off the, the, the bitterness there in a weird way too. In age, did you say how old, how old this beer was? Yeah, so it's probably about um, it's probably three or four months old. Hmm. So it's it's not super old, which that's not bad. No, and, and I think the you know you're you've got the bitterness piece and that's hoppy, right? So you're like, hey, why it, if it's going to be old and oxidized? Uh, I think some of that is probably just the, my bottling technique for like, hey, I'm just going to slam this together and bring it. Um, I'm guessing, too, though, I, I, I had an old sack of grain, old Pilsner. It was, like, probably almost about a year old, and I was like, well, I'm just going to make a triple out of this, so that could be some of it, too. Hmm. The old old sack trick. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, do you have any questions for anybody about the about the recipe or what why, you can why do? Why Brian hates you so much. Yeah, <laughs> what, what well, we know that. We no, know I know that. that. I mean, so what, what do you guys think about the bitterness? Do you think it's, you think it's over the top? I mean, I so, so it definitely did. I wanted to see. I was like, hey, let's, let's just ramp this up yeah. to 11 and yeah. see what happens. I think it's I think a it little is. distracting. Yeah, is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when, when it's pushed up that high against everything else that's there, the alcohol and the, you know, the phenols, I mean, this kind of messes it up a little bit, too. But, but it's, it's just weird, too, because it's so low on carbonation, and, and that messes it up, mm. too. So it's pulling it a couple weird different yeah, directions. You, you had the carbonation, it would probably bump the, the bitterness up even a little more in terms of impression, I think. You know, like, so, it, yeah, I think... How do how do phenols play with bitterness? If you have a, a high phenol beer, can that interact oddly with a, a high bitterness? Yeah, well, you know hop bitter. Yeah, I mean, hop compounds are are phenolic as well. So they yeah they they do kind of clash a little bit. If you have too too hoppy of a beer with too many uh, yeast derived phenols, you're just like polyphenol soup. You know, it's just like <laughs> kind of explodes yeah. in your mouth a little too That's much. That's a good beer name, dude. There you go. There we go. Polyphenol right. soup. There might be a device somewhere on you. You can take a bottle of that and just, like, you know, 
have it carbonated a little more and we can taste the difference. <laughs> Instant just carb go, recipe? Go wander aimlessly around the hall and see if you can well, find Well, you can something. just grab like a carb cap, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, just get, get it in do that. Carb put, it into a, put it into a, a two-liter bottle or a liter bottle and do that. But, yeah. That's our best suggestion. I don't know why you keep coming on this show, Jeff. <laughs> He's uh, it's like glutton for punishment, I guess. Yeah, his self confidence is too high. He yeah. needs to. Yeah, I mean, I normally feel good about myself, so I come on the show and. <laughs> Me too. And that's usually <laughs> how it goes. Um, anything else, Jeff? Any questions for the guys? Or no, gonna... no, okay. I've had enough of them. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, again, me too. So I feel you. I feel you right there. I've had enough of us too. I've had enough of myself. Really, so. <laughs> what I haven't had enough of though is more beer. The guys just right over there. They teamed up with John Palmer. You guys all know John Palmer to make 27 beer kits based on the recipes found in Brewing Classic Styles, written by John Palmer and someone called Jamil. I, I don't know who that person is. I've heard of that guy. <clears throat> Ghostwriter, I think. Uh, these kits are true to style and are all within BJCP guidelines, enabling them to be easily entered into that upcoming competition. Buy two kits and get fast and free shipping from More Beer. Go over to the folks at morebeer.com, tell them we sent you, and then uh, just have your, just hold your hand out. And they may give you something, and they may call security. I don't know. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Jeff's going to get as far away from us as possible. Brian's going to come on here, and we're going to have an American barley wine. Uh, that I, you have enough to share with everybody? or Oh, oh, oh yes. Ah. Um, so the, those of you, if you want some uh, American barley wine from Brian, hang out, and we'll be right back. Cheers. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Dr. Homebrew, please report to the ER for Code Blue. Dr. Homebrew to the ER, please. No, and your tea time has been moved to 2.30. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Just uh, sipping on Keith's triple. Keith's triple instead of Jeff's triple. Uh, this is pretty good, man. Thanks. I would give it a, a 32. Wow. It's, only, it's pretty young. It's only like two months old. It, t- it I, tastes I a lot like coffee. That's why. Good. Why not a 50, JP? What uh, pulls it down to 32? Well, I mean, it's a, a 32 out of 33. Oh, okay. It's my own personal Oh, your scale, scale goes lower. I see. Well, that's yeah. why. That, that doesn't surprise me. The scale goes lower. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, you feel better if you get a 10. I think it's, like, a, little, okay, I think it's, it's a, a little too so. banana-y. I don't, I don't like the esters in it. I'm not a, a huge fan of those necessarily. I think that's probably my biggest complaint about it. My well, scale goes to 51. <laughs> that's really good, man. Thank you for uh, sharing it. Taylor doesn't get any, though. I like the triple. There's some over here if Taylor wants some. Taylor, do you want some? Taylor's running the boards for us. Here, I'll give him the this. the orange canteen. And we'll do that. Don't um, drink out of the orange canteen, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Before we get to our next guest, of course, I want to tell you guys about Great Fermentations because they have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. You guys know the Blickman booth right back there. 
They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. Check them out. They're all over Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter as GR8 Fermentation. Uh, greatfermentations.com. Good people, supporters of the show, and we enjoy them very much. And uh, so does everyone at Blickman. So how can you go wrong with that combination? All right, Brian Shaw, everybody. How you doing? It's a young man. I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Oh. Long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> That's true. And you are a judge yourself. Yes, I am. Not only are you a master judge, but what? explain your, explain your rank, because uh, these two youngsters here need to be put in their place. <laughs> well, youngsters. The rank just means, essentially, you've taken the exam, you've scored well enough on certain exams, and you've graded enough exams to be able to advance. So, so I'm, you're I'm like a glorified of, TA. I, yeah, that's yeah. except okay. TAs get paid. Oh, so we just kind of do this business. thing because we love it, just out of the goodness of our hearts. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, what's your What's your rank? I am a master, but and you're I, almost. I'm almost grandmaster. Wow. I think, I believe my next exam set will put me over the uh, the top for grandmaster. Wow! But he's still not a grandmaster, so we're all <laughs> masters here. So we're all even. <laughs> um, that's nice. Well, congrats, yeah, that, that and like five bucks will get me a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Hey, anything to first of all, that's cheap Starbucks coffee. Taylor, could you play a little Master of Puppets over there, please? <laughs> DJ Taylor over here. Uh, well, thanks, Brian, for hauling your beer out here, and uh, congratulations on almost becoming Grandmaster. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, all right, Brian, you want to start out first? The other Brian? Brian, I'm, Brian I'm fever- Feverishly grading exams to try to catch up with Brian, but, uh, yeah, this is going to get confusing real fast. So Brian S.'s beer... Uh, the American Barley Wine. Uh, some of you guys are drinking it out there and share it with us. Let us know if we're off our rockers, too, if you get anything we're not getting. Come up and just, you know. Scream. Grab our necks and kind of rattle our heads around and say, it's the you. Uh, yeah, anyway. I'm getting in the nose. I'm getting a nice, pleasant, citrusy uh, hop aroma. A little resiny and kind of dank-like. and uh, But moderately strong um, caramelly malt. It's nice and rich on the malt side. Getting a bit of the Sherry Lake character in there. Uh, seems clean, no obvious issues, no diacetyl, no acetaldehyde. Um, it smells like it's been moderately aged, maybe, but but still the hops are so fresh. Like on the malt side, it smells like it's been aged because of the sh- little sherry like that's popping up. But on the hop side, it's still like, wow, it's got a lot of hops still. So I don't know. It's like maybe a little less than a y- year or nine months or a year old, if I had to guess. I don't know. Maybe you told me, but <laughs> it's it ta- it smells pretty fresh on the hops. Uh, so it's probably younger than that. Uh, color-wise, it's a kind of rich mahogany color with a low off-white, light tan head. Uh, it's a bit murky, uh, pretty pretty firmly murky. The head's fading uh, slowly. Firmly, but firmly murky. murky. Yeah, Never that, heard that, that that's before. A new one. Yeah, that's, if I know, got that on a score sheet, I'd be pissed. Firmly yeah. murky. It's it's firmly in the murky territory. How about yeah, that? I'm, I'm going to track you down for that okay. one. All right. Yeah. Some other people will, too. There's people throwing out really good descriptors at these talks, the malt analysis. <laughs> Brian, that's that's going to be your, your presentation next year at the, the conference is Firmly Murky. Yes. Well, the discussion just that's about. the only title, yeah. I, I'm feeling that way sometimes. Uh, yeah, the head faded out pretty pretty quickly there, um, but you can, well, you can rouse it up a little bit and you get a little collar around the glass there, but... Um, Flavor-wise, uh, all of a sudden the bitterness just jumps out. You know, when I get it in my mouth, I like, I like the nose a lot. I scored it pretty high on the aroma. Mm-hmm. It smells great, but that uh, the bitterness is really heavy in the flavor. Uh, just right at the start, pushing over the malt, everything else that's there. I wanted to get some. 
I'm like, oh, this will be one of those nice caramelly rich things. It's got, there's a little bit of that in there, but it's like, oh, yeah, it kind of bites the tongue, that bitterness there. So, And the hop flavor is resiny and dank, citrusy. Um, but, yeah, definitely the, the beer, the overall balance of the beer is just balanced to the bitterness. It's not to the malt or the hops. It's just the, the hop bitterness is what just stands out. This grassiness uh, just lingers into the aftertaste, and, uh, yeah. So it's it's um, it finishes kind of you know slightly sweet. Not it's not, it's it's pretty sweet in the finish. It's um, absolutely my favorite part about this beer. If I can just interrupt you real fast, is that it's yeah. body temperature, and I love that in beer. Yeah, it's so much. At I love the it right so much. temperature. Ninety-seven degrees, dude. If it's any colder or warmer, I'm throwing it out. There I want I want to feel he, like I'm drinking carbonated. He brewed blood. it that way. That's the way he brewed it to, yeah. to be body temperature. All right, God bless. So, yeah, the, the flavor kind of expressed itself in a weird way. I, I, Jason, I, I held this in my pocket on the way up here Good. for a while just to be sure it was nice and body temperature for you. It's like the bane of my existence. At, and she's like, you want to try this at club night? You want to try this beer I've been holding in my pocket for five hours? <laughs> isn't isn't there like a, a booth this year you. so they can put it in like ice coolers or something? And they they Sorry, create something for that. That's, so my, that's my blood pocket. Hold that on, won't happen my anymore. Other, <laughs> I thought you were a vampire. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Imagine tasting this if it was ice cold. It would just be all wrong, right? <laughs> Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, it's, it's very full-bodied. Um, there's a smooth, bold alcohol warmth that comes through. Uh, it's really good. So only, there's a little bit of astringency probably from the hops, I would say, a little hop-derived astringency. Uh, not very creamy, um, but, yeah, it's kind of big in the mouthfeel like it is in the flavor there. Uh, but, you know, I'd say overall it's a, it's a nice barley wine, uh, especially the aroma. But uh, yeah, that bitterness just begins to take over, dominates in the in the flavor, and get it kind of knocked it down for me. I, um, I would set this beer aside, and just that's that bitterness is going to fade over time. And maybe this was made as a, a beer to be aged. I can't speculate on that, but um, yeah, I would, uh, I would set this beer aside and taste it again, and maybe a, a year and a half or two years. <laughs> that, really, yeah. it's that firm. It's gonna, the bitterness is that the bitterness firm. is going to stay around for a while, and uh, but I think it's just going to be a lot nicer beer. And uh, more approachable at that time. I mean, still, it wasn't a heavily flawed beer. It was just a kind of a balanced thing that, that got thrown out with that bitterness. So I ended up giving it a 35. I probably should have knocked it down a little bit lower. But I like Brian, so, you know, he's still one of my friends. Mainly because he's not Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't really, I'm not a really barley wine head, you know. But I, I think it's ready to go now. I yeah. would just drink I, the hell I, out I disagree with Brian entirely. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I am sick, so my, my comments are going to be a little bit off. But I think this is the prime time to go now. And I think any, any, any more in the future, it's going to be too sweet. Um, and the bitterness isn't going to support that sweetness. I, you know, I, just can just, like I can just throw away my score sheet and not even read it after I just said <laughs> that. But, okay. Um, you know, I mean, that's kind of where I'm, I'm falling on in this here. Is right, that, you we'll know, a lot it, of the buddy. same stuff. I got big caramel, grainy malt. Uh, get some sherry in the nose. I get some oxidation there. A little bit, you know, a little bit of age. Uh, medium hop aroma. I get some of the citrus, some of the the, the dankness there. Low alcohol, um, but very clean. Nothing off. No, no diacetyl, no acetaldehyde, anything wrong there. Uh, deep amber, medium light haze, but uh, very little carbonation. Medium, I'm sorry, what was, what was the word for the haze that I should have I should have used firm. instead? Firm. Uh, a firm. Firm murkiness. Firm murkiness. murkiness. Yeah, medium light is not right. It was a medium haze, maybe a firm murky haze, but it wasn't, it wasn't very pretty. Right. It didn't look very good, but barley wines, eh, I can, I can deal with that. 
uh, big malt, uh, some sherry, uh, lots of sweetness I got, then also a firm bitterness along with that. And I kind of like that, that balance together. Uh, big hop flavor again with that citrus uh, and, and dankness to get together too. But again, very clean, low esters, uh, get some alcohol flavor there too. The balance is, I think to me, for American barley wine, the balance is sort of, it's kind of, in between, I think it's kind of like medium and, and more to you know more to bitterness, but I think that's appropriate for style. I think where mm-hmm. it is right now kind of hits hits the sweet spot for an American barley wine. Uh, medium full body, low carbonation, um, which is okay again for barley wine. I'm not I'm not having a problem with that. Medium warming, um, and then, and the stringency I thought was kind of low for for how much bitterness you had. I kind of like that and. Uh, Overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really tasty beer, but um, I, I really wish we were a little more well attenuated. I thought the sweetness is going to cause problems down the line, and I think you know I, I just you know, at more ages it's going to it's going to kind of lean toward more of an English style or something as as you go along here. It would would do that, you know, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I used to, back in the day, I made a lot of barley wines. And, like, the first two or three years, I'd enter them as an American barley wine. And then the next three years, I'd enter them as an English barley wine. And then after that, I'd enter them as an old ale. So it was a good lifespan of all this you could do with barley wines. It's kind of you fun. Would, you would enter five-year-old barley wine as English English barley wine? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. would you win? I'd win, yeah. But that, this, this is back, you like, would ten win. years ago. I used to brew a lot of barley wine. I have some barley, barley wine here as well right now. Um, but... Uh, I think it's it's probably in its sweet spot right now. I don't. I, I probably scored it low because I'm. I don't know what the hell was going on, but I scored it a 33. But I, you know, I thought it was a, a tasty beer. I just thought it was a little bit on the on the sweet side. Um, I w- I'd like to see a little more attenuation. I'm really interested in hearing about the recipe and where it actually finishes, and compare like what Brian and I are both thinking about this beer and 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 where it should be. But yeah, barley wines are, are tricky because of the whole age thing. You want some hop character. You want the you want the some of the age as well to make them make them tasty. That oxidation character. The sherry notes are actually really great in barley wines, but you also want to have some of that hop character. So it's how how do you balance all that and all of the bitterness and then also the the malt and so it's yeah. like. Year to year, barley wine can hit its peak, and then it's, it's something else. And you may not win, but it still may taste great But uh, in a competition. But it's, it, is, yeah. it is, is a tricky thing to, to deal well, with. And the beer is a lot, this beer is a lot like life in a way. It's, it's bitter and sweet at the same time, you know? That's, that's the <laughs> and firmly murky impression. Right, very firmly murky. All right, Brian. Um, what's your recipe, actually, if you want to hand that out uh, All right, yeah, verbally, I, I, please? I would be happy to. Right. And I'll even make hand. No, I'm not making handouts for you guys. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. Uh, I will go to the business center right now. Well, in that case, let's take a break. And, <laughs> no, I, and I, I frankly am proud to be involved with the new uh, descriptor of Firmly Murky, and I will always uh, cherish <laughs> that from you guys. So thank you. It's a good name for the beer. So uh, Brian's right. I made this in March 2016. So okay. this is a little over two years old. Wow. Uh, I brewed it specifically to age and to just pull out three from time to time and enter in competition. Uh, it's, I, it, I bottled all ten gallons. Did you enter it in uh, NEC? I did not. Okay. Because I'm lazy. All right. All right. Fair and enough. And laziness took over. I had a whole, I had two, I had like a case sitting in the office room. and See, no I, reason. Well, I should enter it. No, I'm just, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> and then next thing, I just never got around all to right. it. Fair uh, enough. So man. laziness always pays off, right? Yes. Uh, so I, uh, I made 10 gallons. I have a standard 10-gallon batch size. Uh, I uh, mashed at uh, 145 for 30 minutes, 154 for 30 minutes after that uh, in an attempt to try to improve attenuation. I wanted to mash low for at least a little while. Uh, I broke Didn't this work, up into uh, two 5-gallon <laughs> fermenters. 
And one was WLP-005, uh, and one was WLP-090, the uh, San Diego Super Yeast. Okay. Uh, what's interesting is this one that we drank today was the one fermented with the San Diego Super Yeast. Hmm. So the original gravity was 1.100, a little bit less than I had, had wanted it to be. Uh, the Super Yeast finished at 1013, wow. which was really, I was shocked I got it down that far. What would it normally finish at? Sorry. No, it's the I mean, 07 got down to uh, uh, 022, hmm. which is more like what I would have expected. But because that's about it's still 80 percent attenuation. It's pretty good. And 80 percent, especially for a really big beer, is uh, is a lot. So I, I made a starter. I don't have notes on how large the starter is, but I typically for something big will make a couple liters. Uh, so I went went ahead and did that. So my recipe. I based my Uh-oh. recipe on Jamil's. Got to put your eyes on, dude. Yeah, I got. I'm old. So. <laughs> you know what? I. All right, Grandpa. Get your get All your right, eyes so on. So here we go. Now I can actually. Ah, so I use some malts that we can't get in the 21st century. So uh, for 10 gallon batch size, uh, two pounds crystal 80, mm-hmm. two pounds crystal 15, half a pound of chocolate malt, 10 pounds Maris Otter, uh, 10 pounds Turo. And then I topped that off with 10 pounds of the More Beer Light uh, DME. Uh, I believe that's Brees. And then uh, three pounds of good old cane sugar. So there, uh, yeah, this is over, this is your 35 plus pounds of fermentables in a 10 gallon batch, which is quite an adventure. Uh, I boiled for 90 <laughs> minutes. Okay. So my hops, uh, four ounces Columbus, which is kind of the dankiness, Brian, that you were talking about. I don't generally like Columbus. But I like it in conjunction with Galaxy. Okay. So I, Interesting. I, I did four ounces of Columbus at 90 minutes, two ounces of Columbus at 60 minutes. And I can't even remember why I chose this. Four ounces of Pacific Gem at 30 minutes. I must, somebody must have given me some. I was going to say, was, it, was that free hops at the, from, from HomebrewCon in 2016? I, I believe that was maybe from 2015. I don't <laughs> know. I may have still had them in my freezer. I got some free hops somewhere. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, well, I'm brewing a barley wine. Let's just put these free hops in. I, I guarantee you that's, that's where they came from. Why not? Uh, so that was uh, four ounces Pacific Gem at 30 minutes, uh, two ounces Pacific Gem at 15 minutes, and also two ounces of Galaxy and Columbus at 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, right at flame out, two ounces each of Galaxy and Pacific Gem. And then I dry hopped with four ounces of Galaxy. So I pretty much jammed hops in this thing everywhere I could jam hops in, which is why, you know, Brian was saying there's a lot of hop character to this. Yeah, I put hops in the beginning, middle, and. Yeah, it's. Howard from my club in the audience is saying this is an Australian barley wine, and I think you know, there's a lot to be said for that. An Aussie New Zealand sort of Pacific extravaganza. That's true. That's a good name for it. <laughs> Mildly, firmly murky, firmly murky Pacific yeah. <laughs> Well, that's true. Why not, why not both, Keith? Hey, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Hey, More man, is better. Every, every, every beer needs a subtitle. So this is the one that <laughs> finishes at 1013? This is the one that finished at 1013. This is almost 90% I don't believe it. attenuated. <laughs> Anybody in the audience believe that? So I'm thinking all, all, this, all of that sweetness is coming from the alcohol somehow. It's just this smooth, uh, rich alcohol I don't know. sweetness. I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know what else to say. That's crazy. I, I, I just poured my barley wine here, which probably finishes at 1020-something, and it tastes drier than the, the 1013 one. 
Yeah, I mean, I use what, what I what I do for my uh, final gravity measurement, and I use my refractometer and use, then use the more beer. Yeah, well, I just shove, see how far it yeah. pushes back. Do but I float in my beer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Throw a of it and just sort of. Problem is that uses up like twenty gallons of it to test that out. True sure that. No, I'll, I'll use the refract and then the more beer spreadsheet from the more beer website to kind of. There's the Excel sheet that mm-hmm. backs out the the finish the the uh, uh, final gravity from the refractometer reading. So. Right. I uh, maybe it's not as act as a- accurate as going ahead and just taking the full hydrometer and taking the full reading, but it's again I'm lazy, and well, I can just put a couple of drops on there. I'm good. Keith is also a flat earther, so he doesn't really believe a whole lot of things. No, no, I mean like what I do for final gravity and, and original gravity and all that sort of stuff is I take multiple readings for different different hydrometers with a refractometer and do everything and and. Yeah, Start them all out and make sure it all like that nobody does. Make that. sure it's you know like yeah, and I had like one of those final gravity hydrometers, and which you can't use for barley wine anyway, usually because it goes above ten twenty. But yeah, you know you want to. I'd check be willing as much to stuff, bet like nine times out of ten nobody takes even a final gravity reading. Like it, I don't. I rarely. How many people good. in the audience take a final gravity reading? Who brew? Yep. Consistently. Yeah. Like you can say can, there's <laughs> see the hands start dropping. That's right. That's right. So there you go. Half mania, the people aren't mania. even brewing. They're just here. They're just here to see all the the hot home brewers. So <laughs> that's true. There, there's hot home brewers somewhere. Yeah, we'll find them later. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any questions, Brian? Uh, for these young whippersnappers. You know, I I think uh, thank you for reviewing this beer. I mean, clearly it's very flat, and that's <laughs> a, a big flaw with this. And I think, and I was dumb when I bottled this, because I knew it's a barley wine, and I knew I should add yeast. And I, but I had to bottle on a particular day for whatever reason, and I didn't have any more yeast, so I'm like, you know, screw it, I'm just going to bottle this. And that was a big mistake because oh, wow. yeah. all the, my yeast had pooped out. I needed new yeast. Yeah. So that, that was an issue, and I think that would have made it maybe seem a little less sweet or a little less sweet to have some yeah. proper carbonation, carbonation on yeah. this. I, I distinctly I, asked for if you had a question, not a statement. No, 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 but it's, 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 a, it's, a really good, it's a really good point. It's something we should talk about is adding, right. adding right. yeast back to barley wines. And, you know, if, what I'm pouring right now, I made it for my son's. Uh, when he was born, the week he was born, and I mean, you know, this is obviously from the, the keg, but I you know, added champagne yeast. I've been doing this for like 10 years, uh, adding champagne yeast to bottle barley wines, and I've never had like over attenuation or it fermented more. You know, it just gave carbonation to the beer. And before I did that, I used to have the same problem you had where the, bo- the beer is basically flat when you're pouring it. It's still tasty, but it just, you know, it just doesn't, it's not as good, so... I think it's an important thing to note when you're making a really high-gravity beer like this. And don't be afraid of something like champagne yeast either because it has a high alcohol tolerance and it, and it works and doesn't do anything crazy to the beer either. So, I once took a barley wine that was doing that and bo- I'd bottled the whole batch and then I just gently poured it into keg and, and forced carbonated it. And it worked just fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's a barley wine, so it can take a little oxidation. <laughs> I was as gentle as I could be, and it actually it, it worked okay. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, right. that's another way you can overcome that but it's maybe a little weird way sorry brian no, i interrupted actually, your question no no that was actually my my thing about the flatness was leading up to you know is there exactly what brian said is there a, you know, is it is the risk of oxidation by pouring a bunch of bottles into either a keg or like a the gordon strong method right you pour them into like a two liter uh plastic and jug up, and yeah. get the carbonator cap and just carbonate it up is do you think the risk of oxidation and you know brian i, I think brian has a great point that it's a style that kind of needs some oxidation anyway that goes yeah. along with the aging yeah. and uh, keith what do you think well i think you're you're too lazy to enter in the nhc so i'm imagining you're gonna be too lazy <laughs> to actually do that either you know and so yeah you're not wrong yeah. 
Sometimes people just want to know what they should be doing, not necessarily <laughs> to act on it, but just to That's go, true. Oh, I mean, I think I it's maybe one person in the audience might uh, be willing to do that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think it's it's worth trying. It, you know, obviously you want to correct a problem in advance, but if you have that, I mean, most of brewing is like, hey, I, now I have a problem. What do I do? You know, every time you brew, there's probably something that's going to go wrong at some point, and you have the ability to fix it as you're, as you're or maybe every other third time or whatever. Yeah. You know, would somebody please bring us a non-problem beer on this show <laughs> sometime? Thank you. Uh, but one that still is uh, temperature of blood. Yes. Because I need that, and it's very important to me. Uh, Brian Shar, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I had a blast being that. on the show. Thanks, Brian. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I want to let you know. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Look at that. My Brian's Homebrew Club might, must be in the audience. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm paying them all $20 to They're come They're called the worst of wisdom is what I've, I've heard. Words. Dude, you're I in our club. I misspelled the club name. <laughs> it says the worst of wisdom in my thing. <laughs> Okay. Which is true. I am the worst of the words of wisdom. That's true. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association, I'm sure you guys have heard of, of, of that, AHA, I've heard is what they're called. Um, they are doing Learn to Homebrew Day November 3rd. So it's time to plan ahead, everybody, to set up your own celebration. Visit AHA website at homebrewersassociation.org to view a map or to learn more about more Homebrew Day events. And you've got resources to promote your own, get people in, teach people how to homebrew. Let's start growing this thing. Uh, even more than we already are. Okay. Taylor, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give away um, a prize to one of these two people, and then we're going to go and uh, hopefully drink a lot of Rainier. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. We're going to give something away here real fast. But before we do, I do want to let you guys know about the iDip. They're right over there, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. It has a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on its market with, the, uh, with its own app. Excuse me, home or commercial use. 
It takes great water to make great beer. Everybody knows that. Uh, but the beauty about the iDip is you can use it in your home or you can use it in your commercial brewery. So it's one of the very few pieces of equipment that can transfer over. If you want to you know, open your own brewery at some point, that'd be cool. Uh, you can email the results of your water test to the rest of your brewing team or post it on your Facebook page and let your homebrew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. You can test for over 40 different water quality tests, things like toll alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfite, and more with only four milliliters of water needed for each test. Uh, perform each test with pre-treated reagent strips specific for each test, and there's no math needed on your part. Go to smartbrewkit.com, enter code TBN10 at checkout, and save 10 bucks on either the standard or the advanced smart brew testing kit. Okay. So on Dr. Homebrew here, uh, we'd like to give away a $40 gift certificate to GrogTag, uh, grogtag.com, the customizable, reusable labels for your homebrew. They also do uh, custom bottle caps, coasters, metal signs, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. They're over there, too. Actually, they have some beer um, from uh, Flat Tail Brewing down in Corvallis, so go get Not some it. free beer from them. Yeah, I want to I check them out and say thank you pretty it, much for very much supporting the show. I never really had a chance to do that, so I'd love I, to I stop s- over. Yeah, yeah please I saw too. them floating around, too. Yeah, they're... Um, good guys. But we don't give it to the winner. We give it to the runner-up. I don't want to say loser yeah. because then everyone's going to think that I always win the grog tag because I'm a loser. Well, uh, Jeff so. told me he needed a, a sign for his garage in, in Santa Barbara, so I promised him I'd score his beer extra low. You know, this is never rigged or anything. But <laughs> yeah. uh, well, the, uh, Jeff, the winner of the uh, $40 grog tag, $40 gift certificate is, is my former friend Jeff. There we go. Former friend Jeff. The $40, at least your beer will look good. Gift certificate to grogtag.com. Get creative over there. Use code BNARMY on grogtag.com. You save 10 bucks on your next order. Uh, all right, Taylor, let's get out of here. Huh? What do you think? Don't forget to buy some merch from Bevo over here. And, uh, you should do that, too. Hats and, uh, and shirts and all kind of good stuff. Make sure you attend the, uh, the, the, BN booth. The, the, the thing on Saturday night as well. Yes, the BN, BN13. BN13 is coming up. And the then, thing um, on Saturday night. The thing on Saturday night. Yeah. And then, of course, if you guys are around tomorrow, we're going to do another one of these shows at 4 o'clock, I believe, tomorrow as well. So come hang out, drink some beer, and uh, listen to these guys talk on. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, guys.